This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Heart Mojo with Melinda Smith. Now, for those of you who have been following us, you will know that we are in our sixth year of Heart Mojo. And I'm excited about that because, Melinda, you're sort of changing up your platform a little bit. It's always right. challenges, but we're getting more down to the nit and gritty of it. And I really love that. Well, we started out with health challenges, which obviously was a big deal for me at one time, but now we've looked at other life challenges. So it can be anything. So on that note, I would like to introduce you to Lisa Ryan. She's the Chief Appreciation Strategist of, how do you pronounce that? Gratigy. Gratigy. So welcome to the show. We've known each other a very long time. Yes, we have. (laughs) I haven't had you on yet, so here we are. Talk a little bit about you. Just let people know who you are and how you got to this point. Um, Sure. I'm born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, as I like to tell my audiences. I have actually never lived outside of Cuyahoga County, completely by choice. Uh, My husband, on the other hand, has lived in both Cuyahoga and Summit County. So, you know, I married a man of the world. (laughs) Um, and I, I had a sales career more than 25 years, which is where we met and Mary Kay way, way back in the day. We did. And uh, whatever time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Back in those decades. And, um, in 2009, I went on a four day uh, weekend that, that started, that actually included a fire walk and, um, part of what came out of that besides the fact it was a great experience but i started a gratitude practice with my three friends that i attended that event with and mm-hmm. that simple practice has literally changed everything in my life not only have has it rewired my brain to find the good but after my medical sales position was eliminated via group conference call with 12 of us getting canned at the same time I decided to form my own business on that day and Gratigy was born. And it's all about creating a culture of appreciation, not only so that we can find uh, the good in our personal lives, but that's the person that we bring to work. So it can completely change workplace culture as well. Well, and you want the workplace to be grateful for their employees too. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, the way that the world is set up now, particularly in a post-pandemic economy, is that expectations have changed. Mm -hmm. And you are not just interviewing employees of why you should hire them. They are interviewing you to see what is it about your company that would make me want to work for you. And creating that culture where people feel they value, they feel appreciated, they feel that their voice matters and that they're working for something bigger than them, all of these play a role in a much bigger way than they did before the pandemic. Do you think that there's an age difference in the employees and what they're looking for? Or that yes. or your boss might be? Well, I think that it, it's an interesting question because when you're looking at Gen Z and the younger millennials who are newer to the workplace, they had three years of pandemic where they were just working from home, 
their jobs, either they were working in an office or a plant, and now they got to work from home, they got to work remote, or they have never gone into an, an office before. Mm -hmm. So now, all of a sudden, with these companies that want to bring everybody back, and it's all about FaceTime, and we all want to be together and all of that, these people are saying, uh, no, that's not what I signed up for. Because it's back in the day, you know, 2019. Years ago. Working yeah, exactly. <laughs> working remote was a nice to have, but now it's an expectation. So mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a huge difference between the different generations of wanting to feel valued, wanting to feel appreciated and all of that. But it's the ultra personalization of that gratitude and that attention that is the expectation as younger people are coming into the workplace. So many of my friends, I have friends from my age, which would be a boomer all, and much younger and a few that are older. And it seems to me that the older you are, boomer wise, let's just say that way, mm -hmm. your expectations of somebody being grateful change. Do you oh, know what absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting because as a fellow boomer, when, um, you know, when we would have a bad day at work, we would just be like, like Lisa, that's why it called it, they call it work. work. Suck mm -hmm. it up, get back to your work. Tomorrow will be better. Now you have people in the workplace, again, not as experienced, haven't been around, but they have a bad day at work or you look at them sideways and they're like, you know what? I'm out of here because I know that I could drive for Uber, I could deliver for DoorDash, I could work at my local bar, I can become a YouTube influencer. I mean, I have all of these different life uh, career choices that, it, you know, we didn't necessarily have because, right. you know, we used to actually go to this thing called a newspaper that had want ads in it, <laughs> you know, and send out resumes with in envelopes with stamps on them. You or know, you walk in like the door. Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And none of that stuff. It, it's just all change. And here's the thing. And I say this a lot to my audiences, because before the pandemic, the, the companies would be like, you know what? These people just have to suck it up. And this is the way we do business. And they're going to have to adapt to the way that we do business. Uh, no. Your business is changing for them. If you're not willing to ask yourself questions that you may never have had to ask before. You know, mm -hmm. like, how do I go to a four-day work week? How do I offer, um, you know, mom shift from 10 to 2 so that parents can be with their kids before school and after school lets out? How can I compress it to a four-day work week? You know, how can I have poor hours so that people come in at regular at the same time, but other than that, they have flexibility? You know, from my own business, if I would have asked, I never thought to ask myself the question in December of 2019, when I had more business going into 2020 that I had done in 2019, I never took the time to say, gee, I wonder what would happen if a worldwide pandemic came and just wiped out the meeting industry for two years. What right. would happen to my business? So the reason why I bring that up is we must ask ourselves questions that we never even thought about asking before yeah that definitely makes sense you know with all the changes going on you have to be able to adapt quickly 
And it's Absolutely. not the old adage, what we've done always worked, why change it? Mm -hmm. well, and, you know, the younger people, when I say younger, I'm talking even millennials and Gen X, they, they like to do everything on their phone. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so one of the questions that are often asked is, you know, do you have a computer? Do you have internet service? And sometimes they, they look at you as if you have horns growing out of your head because they'll say, no, I have my phone. I can do it all on my phone. Well, you know, we have to adapt to that too. If you really can do it all on your phone, then do it on your phone, but you need to have an access to get the work done. Absolutely. Yeah. And with technology changing, I mean, with AI just in the last year mm -hmm. exploding as it's been, we're, we're seeing all different types of creative jobs that we never thought would go away are starting to go away or finding mm -hmm. new ways to do things. There's parts of it that's terrifying with all the deep fakes and, you know, that you don't know if you're talking to a real person or an avatar half the time because the avatars have gotten so good. I heard the other day that um, something like 80% of customer service is handled by bots, basically, mm -hmm. because they've gotten so good. And you think that you're talking to a person unless you're saying, speak to representative, please, <laughs> until the robot finally lets you talk to a real person. But everything's changing and it is changing at lightning speed. Mm -hmm. And we just have to figure out a way, um, like you said, of you know, how do we do all of our work from our phone? Mm -hmm. How do we have deskless employees that have never sat at a desk and worked on a laptop or worked on a, you know, mainframe before? Uh, it, it's just different. I think um, as you move forward with the companies that you work with, when you do, you come in and you speak with them, work with them, give us an idea of how you do that. How do you move that company forward, the challenge of what we're just talking about using the phone? Do you work with them on that subject? Yeah, the interesting thing is that I am a, a full-time keynote speaker. That's what I do. So I speak at a lot of national and international conferences and primarily for associations. So that's my first level. But the nice thing about working with associations is there's a lot of individual organizations in that audience that subsequently will hire me to come in and work with their teams individually. Now, the interesting thing about that, though, is when somebody comes up to me after a program and says, oh, my company really needs you. I know that there's not a chance that their company is actually going to invest in bringing me in because it's the companies who are already doing things well and want to do better and they see it and they get it and they understand it. So a lot of it is putting into place the gratitudes, gratitude strategies that I talk about. And they're things like giving your people access to you. You know, do you as an owner, as a leader, know your people by name? Do you know something about them? Do you know their likes and what lights them up at work and what is their least favorite part of the day? And are you working at trying to find them to be their best? Um, what about the communication? Are you doing stay interviews versus exit interviews? Exit interviews are great because they can denote a pattern 
but I also think they're a little late because it's like, hey, why are you leaving? You know, versus stay interviews where what keeps you here? What are three things that you like about working here? What would cause you to leave? Any of those questions where you can have those conversations. Another one is figuring out the mission of your organization. You know, people don't really care about here's your job description and these are your benefits. No. How is this organization making a difference to my community, to my state, to my country? How is it making a difference in the world? And so when you can come from a questioning standpoint, and that's what we do, we, we figure out what is that mission. When you started with your company, what was your passion about it? Because mm -hmm. that's the thing you know, I like about associations is I get to be in a room full of people who are passionate about things that nobody else on the planet thinks about. I mean, scaffolding, polyurethane foam, you know, um, springs, for goodness sake. I was at the scaffolding event and I was talking, I just made a, a side comment to one of the people there. And I'm like, yeah, basically, if there's a weird association, chances are good I'm speaking to it. And he looked at me, he said, do you think we're a weird association? I said, dude, everybody on the planet except you thinks you're a weird association. <laughs> so, you know, but what is it? And when I talk to these people and they're so excited about what they do, and if they can bring that level of passion and excitement to that candidate walking in the door versus these are the job descriptions and these are your hours, that passion is what's going to sell them. It's not going to be the job wrecks. It's unfortunate having been somebody who works in the senior care industry and has done it for a while that I went in to one of two, of my last two jobs, very passionate because I'm passionate for seniors. Yeah. And they killed that. You know, what do you do with a company that does that? You know, I walked in, I did my job, I met my goals, I loved my people. Didn't matter. Well, there's there's two ways to deal to deal with that. Number one, you know, you're in an industry with the elderly, and believe me, I do a lot of work in long-term care because I think that that is far from an employment standpoint one of the groups that is does the hardest work for the least amount of money and they're so thanked true. the least. And they're dealing with families right. and families are really, really difficult to deal with because you know, you're in charge of their loved one. Mm -hmm. So you can either A, decide that, you know what? I am here for my residents. I am here for my patients, whatever they're called in your mm -hmm. particular industry. I'm here because I love them and I'm passionate about them and the rest of it, I'm going to just deal with it and figure out a way to make it work. Or on the other hand, you might say, you know what, my life is too short. Um, the toxicity of this work environment is one that I can no longer um, afford okay. for my own personal health and mental wellness. And I need to leave and find a company who will that will appreciate me because there's plenty of them out there. So when you have a toxic workplace and when people come up to, again, it, it's a really small percentage in my programs, but if somebody comes up and they say, this is a bunch of psycho babble BS, you know, I can't pay these people enough. I can't find anybody that works for me. My inside voice is saying, oh, honey, 
they're not leaving the company. They're leaving you, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> because that's the thing. People don't leave their job. They leave their boss. But more often than that, they leave the culture because sometimes mm-hmm. you can have an awesome boss and the boss is beating their head against a brick wall because True. they can't get anything done. So, you know, these are just decisions that we have to make for ourselves. And I think they have to find ways to, I'm sorry, Karen. I think they have to find ways to appreciate, be grateful for the employees. Maybe that don't involve actual money, like a rate. Because Mm -hmm. so many of these places, that's what they complain about. Oh, we can't cover all the medical expenses. We can't pay our staff more. But there's always other ways. The medical industry is having a, a real rough time. I just came from physical therapy. I love my physical therapist. She's absolutely wonderful. But she and the other physical therapists were talking over me about all the things they're unhappy about. Mm, and, I said, and I said, you know, I appreciate where, where you're coming from. And I appreciate that you're still taking care of me. But there's got to be a way to get this resolved. And they were just going on and on about all the things that they were expected to do after they left the office, all mm. the paperwork they had to do at home. It didn't, you know, they don't care that they're, you know, single moms or anything else. And I thought our medical industry is falling apart because you're not Mm. listening to what is making your employees ill. Right. It's very hard when you're dealing with difficult people and seniors, God love them. They don't want to be there. You know, they're very difficult. Sometimes I'd explain that when I would hire people, I would say, look, understand they're not angry with you it's not about you at all it's about how angry they are with their life and where they're you know headed and knowing that they're at the tail end of their life and they lost their car and they lost their home and they're living in this painful bubble and if an employee is a good employee and they know how to work with those people a company should do their best to keep them right but they don't it's a lot of it really isn't about the money i think Many of these employees would stay, as you started mentioning before, work hour changes, understanding they have a child, let them come over a little later, right? Mm-hmm. Coming to work yeah. a little later. Any of yeah, those split shifts. I mean, and I was at one program and it was interesting because we were talking about flexibility and this is a manufacturing association. And uh, the person in the audience basically said, listen, we're on an almost anything goes basis. As long as you communicate with me, I will work with you. And this goes well into long-term care as well. Because Mm -hmm. obviously when you have people that need care 24 seven, somebody's gotta be there. But if you have people that are saying, hey, you know, Sally and I, I can't uh, work my shift, but Sally said that she'd cover the last three hours of me and I'm gonna do that. And you give people responsibility and you give them some say and you listen to what they say. You know, if you're consistently the person's consistently late because they don't have reliable transportation and they they rely on the bus. Okay, well, how can you let that person work a little later, Mm. you know, have some uh, in the start a little later in the day, you know, and these aren't easy answers. But again, it sounds like it's common knowledge. But if you're one of the organizations that do take care of your people, that do listen to them, that do offer flexibility, and do say, you know, oh my goodness, Melinda, thank you so much for putting in that extra time 
you know, I knew that I know that you weren't expected that, but it really meant a lot. Thank you. And now, you know, I, I'm paying attention to you doing things well, instead of mm. just, you know, busting on you when they're not. When something then, doesn't go well. Yeah. And then word travels. Because you're mm -hmm. going to say, man, you know, you have a friend of yours that's complaining about the other facility she's working on. And, oh, my God. You know, my company's hiring and they're amazing. You know, uh, let me let me introduce you to my supervisor, whatever it is. Um, then you have that word of mouth as well of, mm -hmm. of bringing people in. I think if you find out what the person needs, you went going back to knowing all the employees names, yeah. find out what their needs truly are. It may not be money. That may be what they put on there at, at an exit right interview, but right. it may not be that. I can remember one of my executive directors, we had an internal system for speaking with each other, and he put it out there for everybody. What a great job I did. Thank you for coming in and staying on Sunday mm -hmm. <laughs> to help. I did it because I knew it was the right thing to do, and that's how I choose to do my job, but it sure was nice to get that little... Absolutely. You know, email telling yeah. me I did a great job. Right. Maybe it means and it more takes to so me. Little. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it meant more to me than it might someone else. And I think if you find out what that person's uh, important spot is, whether it's flex time, whether it's money, whether it's, um, I tried to put in at the holidays, people bring things, canned goods, things like that mm -hmm. for the staff to take home, not for on the public, but for the staff. And they really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. that they got a couple extra cans of green beans or corn for Thanksgiving. They didn't have to yeah. go buy. Yeah. So do I mean, you I have uh, uh, what I share with my audiences is something called the all about me sheet. And this, you can do it like on a survey monkey, you can do a piece of paper, but writing down, you know, what is your favorite gift card? What's your favorite hobby? What's your favorite um, food? What's your favorite restaurant? You know, whatever it is so that we can, again, we can personalize how do you like to be recognized? Do you like public recognition or do you prefer mm -hmm. private recognition? Um, just finding out these little things. So again, you can personalize it. And here's the thing. A lot of times we know, there's no doubt about it. You have a small percentage of your employees, let's say three to 5% that are going to jack you. They are going to take advantage of you. They're going to work the system. They are your horrible, toxic employees. And they are just, no matter what you do, they're not going to fall into line. But unfortunately, what we do is we treat the 95% of our hardworking, honest, loyal, committed employees as if they're going to take advantage of a, us right. like that 3 to 5% instead of erring on the side of taking care of treating everybody like that 95% of the hardworking, fantastic employees that mm -hmm. just want to be given a chance and know that if that's the type of environment that we create, you know what, that toxic 5%, they're going to, they're, they're going to self-select and they'll be gone in a lot of cases on their own, because if they're miserable people, they're not going to be able to really stand working with positive people. Right. And with people who aren't going to put up with their negative attitudes. Or they have the attitude that what do they want from me? If you're doing something nice, well, okay, why are you yeah. doing this? What do you want from me? Right. Exactly. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm just appreciating you. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it can be bringing donuts or the morning shift. 
Well, and it was funny because I was at, we were at our, our favorite little local restaurant on Friday night and uh, they were short staffed, but they were talking about how the staff, they, they pool tips. And I was like, mm -hmm. Ooh, that's really risky. If you, because you know, what happens if you have somebody that's a terrible server and you know, some, the rest of the people are fantastic servers, but in this, because again, they self-select um, with that. But he said, what the, the reason why it works is every table is everybody's table. So they're not everybody going to be, helps. yeah, they're, they're helping, you know, everybody you need water. Oh, sure. I'll get you water. You dropped your fork. Oh, sure. I'll get you I'll fork. Get you and fork. Says, oh, yeah. let me get your server because that's not my job. And I just thought that it was really interesting to be able to in a uh, restaurant, you know, that you could build that type of culture, that type of trust. And maybe that's why we like going to this place mm -hmm. because they have, it's such a great energy when you walk in there. I mean, you can feel um, what a pleasant place it is. And not only is their food great, but that it's a great place to work too. I know bartenders many times pool their tips, mm -hmm. but if you've got a slacker, it's the others get angry when they have to share something and they're not doing somebody in that group isn't doing their thing. Right, right. And this is a tiny little place too. So, so everybody knows everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when you go into, you do your speaking, right? When you go into a company, how do you start out? Give me an example of how you start with a company. Um, what I normally do, like say, for example, I spoke, I did a keynote at an association, a company hires me to come in um, the first thing that I do is I want to do a similar type of kickoff program, for example, for all the employees, not just the managers. The managers, Everybody. I have one program for them that focuses more on workplace culture. And then for the hourly employees and non-management personnel, we really focus on gratitude strategies. And I look at that as my show talk, where we look at gratitude from the aspect of the self, how it changes our perspective the health benefits, the O in show is relationship with others. And then the W is workplace. Mm -hmm. So it, but what it does when I'm spending money, when I'm spending time with both, because a lot of times we, we invest in our managers and our high potentials, but the hourly employees kind of get forgotten about, mm -hmm. but when uh, um, it, it's interesting because when I'm with the employees, or the, their first question is, well, is management going through this, through this or is this just something that they're putting us through? It's like, no, everybody's going to be on the same con conversation. You know, the managers are realizing that in order to create this workplace culture, we have to all be on the same page, but it starts with that gratitude foundation where they're connecting with employees, where they're listening to them, they're getting to know about them, they're sharing the mission, they're investing in their personal and professional development, they're recognizing excellence. And employees, because now they have some tools where they can find the good in their own life. So maybe they have less stress, they have better relationships, and now they're bringing that person to work. So it's a full... Um, it's a full program that touches everybody. But the other thing that I remind people of, listen, your workplace culture didn't happen overnight and it is not changing overnight. I wish I was powerful enough 
to come in and with one hour program, you know, to be able to change everything. But I also know that after my programs, when, you know, at that keynote, when people are all jacked up and excited and ready mm -hmm. to take on the world, and then they go back to the office on Monday and life slaps them upside the head and everything goes out the window. Yeah. So I have virtual programs. I do like Zoom follow-ups. I do office hours where people have access to me at specific dates and times. Um, again, I have online uh, reinforcements. I have e weekly emails that go out. So there's a lot of different touch points to just those little reminders of, oh, yeah, this is where we want to go. And then celebrating those little successes along the way. Because, you know, if we can just get 1% better, if we can mm -hmm. do things 1% or 2% better, giving us that slight edge over time, all of those little efforts that we've made are going to have big results. So are you following up with the company then? So you've come in, you've done a one or two day seminar or whatever you might do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you follow up to see if they're kind of following the map that you gave them? Well, there's a couple different ways. It depends on what they're looking for, because I have programs to work with, you know, all different types of timelines, all different types of budgets in person, you know, on online, all of that. Um, my goal is to have that longer term relationship, but sometimes they use me at the, as the kickoff for something that they're doing with, you know, their health and wellness or what, you know, their different groups. Um, but just trying to remind them that it's it, it, it's a long term longer term process. So it really varies with every client that I that I work with. Um, you know, but like I said, the it it's needs to be more than a one and done. And then with my clients, even my keynote clients, I kind of joke around with them because I'm like, you know, well, now that you've hired me, just so you know, I never go away. <laughs> and I try to say it in a really creepy voice as well. But the funny thing about that quick, real quick story is I spoke for a group in 2018. And just like normal, after that, after the keynote was done, um, I stayed in touch with my client every three months. She was either getting a call, getting an email, getting something in the mail you know, LinkedIn, whatever it was, every three months, never heard back from her, never heard boo, okay, nothing. Uh, radio silence for, I think, four years. Wow. And so um, in 2022, I called her and she's like, hey, you are perfect for our keynote at our conference this year, want to bring you back. They actually switched. I wasn't available the day they wanted me. They took that keynote out they gave me that person's spot and basically switched but mm -hmm. when we were sitting at the table the the, the the night before at the dinner whole table of all of their executives going around she said i have to tell you i've been hiring speakers for 27 years and almost without exception i give them a check they do their gig and i never hear from them again except for lisa Every three months, she was in my email box, she was in my voicemail, she was in my mailbox. She never, ever went away. And that's why she's with us today. 
So, and I didn't call with a hire me, hire me, hire me. No. I was like, hey, my new book is out. Hey, here's an article that I thought you might like. Hey, here's a post that I came across you might like. So you, when you err on the side of service, how can I make this person's day a little bit brighter? How can I bring a smile to, to their mm -hmm. face? How can I make their job a little bit easier? Um, then that solidifies that the client relationship. And that's why I get brought back mm -hmm. two, three, five times. Yeah. I think people forget about that, you know, following up, following up. Uh, my son has a new business and I've said that to him. Okay. You went through your first summer, send a happy new year out to all of your customers. It's like, well, mom, they might not need me for another year. It doesn't matter if you still get the card, they see you out there, you follow up, they know that you care. And they, and they know that you appreciate them as your customer. Absolutely. I mean, that right there, because I always joke, because people say the same thing with speaking. Well, I just spoke there. They're not going to hire me for another four years. So I'll start calling them in three years. It's like, they did not remember you a half hour after you got on the plane, you know, and you're going to come back in five years and say, remember me? No, that anniversary card that's one of the, the strategies that I use. It's brilliant because you're reminding people. So on the anniversary and then three years out, the other anniversary card is, hey, is it time to have for us to come back, for us to get, get back together again? Mm -hmm. But you're always looking. And like I said, they're, they have birthday, you know, birthday cards. You see that that they got an award or they got recognized or something. Congratulations cards. You know, I'm a huge send out card um, user. So, and I know there's lots of additional services where you can basically on your phone send people a postcard. Um, right. I have some of my friends doing that. But you know, going back to it's all at your fingertips on your phone, just mm -hmm. to stay in touch with people. And there's some physical ways to do that. Postcard where they can hold it in their hand mm -hmm. and be reminded of who you are. That's a fantastic way to stay in touch. Well, and we don't get a lot of mail like that anymore because no. we do emails and we do text messaging. And I think even if you're younger, because I know the boomers appreciate it. Most of the boomers will yep. appreciate it because that's how we were brought up. Sending a card, you send a holiday card, you send a thank you card. The whole generation isn't into doing that right now. But I think when you get it, then you understand. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I still remember we had windows, we had our windows done, I think in 2007. And um, after Tom did our windows, we got a handwritten thank you note. We have never gotten a handwritten thank you note from a contractor. Mm -hmm. And then we just did a big backyard project this year. And, um, you know, and we got a really nice little package. It was just a, a simple lighted Christmas card, you know, like a, mm -hmm. a, a Christmas scene that you flick the light on. It had little twinkly lights on it and stuff. But it's just, it didn't cost a lot of money. It, you know, and if I were to say, oh, well, I spent all this money and all they sent me. No, that's not it at all. They sent me something. You know, right. a contractor that you don't expect to get that type of thing from. Right. And I was just like, wow. And I've, well, we referred them all the time because that's we, what I was going to say. Even yeah. if you can't use them, the fact that they went the extra mile, you're going to refer them. 
Right. Oh, yeah. Well, the Windows guy, I referred more than six figures in business to him mm -hmm. over the course of the next couple of years uh, because they did such a great job and that thank you note. Um, so it's more than just the the service end of it. It was, you know, how are you showing up afterwards? Mm -hmm. How are you continuing to say, hey, you matter? So we bought our house. We bought our house 27 years ago. And I still get every single year, I get the little, you know, the little calendar thing. Magnet calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank God they finally updated their photo a couple of years ago. <laughs> Something new. The, the fact is that if we were, and we are not, this is our toe tag house as we like to refer to it. Um, but if we were ever looking for a house. You would go there. That's who we go because every single year, you know, I get something. I I get the, the 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 little magnet calendar, business card magnet calendar in the mail. Mm -hmm. The last one I got had recipes in it. I thought oh. that was brilliant because you're thinking, oh, another. How many can you put on your refrigerator? <laughs> exactly. And I'm definitely keeping that one because it was cool to have the recipes. Yeah. Yeah. I've Look sent out ways to um, stand out. Well. I had a recipe card that went out to my um, clients in the medical field and I would come visit and I would make the recipe on the recipe card oh, and drop it off. That's awesome. So it was, they remembered it. They still remembered. I don't even work in that business. I'll get a phone call. I'll run into them. Someone they go, oh, it was so cool when you brought us that crock pot dish. Uh-huh. So I wow, think little really things cool. that show them the gratitude from a sales aspect is very important. Yep. Absolutely. And they're just little things. And we think that it's common sense. But the I thing is, there's so common. few people who are doing it. It mm -hmm. sets you apart. And people say, well, I don't want to send handwritten thank you notes because my handwriting is terrible. I'm like, suck it up and print. You know? right. right. The other idea I had when I was working in the industry is if I was doing something on the east side of Cleveland, I'd bring something from the west side, a restaurant, donuts, any of those mm -hmm. things, and then vice versa. They'd say, where'd you get that? Oh, I got this over at this place. They loved it. They loved the variety of trying something that they didn't get the opportunity to try on an everyday basis. Yeah, well, because we know in Cleveland, we don't like to change, you know, <laughs> the east siders don't the really like to go right. to the west side and vice versa. I'm a south sider, Me so too. I go all over. <laughs> Me too. So, you know, it's interesting. Before we got this started, I had mentioned the company my son works for, and he's very lucky. He uh, moved to Texas a year ago. And right from the beginning, they showed their gratitude for him being there and have continued to. Um, he had emergency surgery in April and they were so concerned about him. They did not let him use his PTO for that because it was emergency and they wow. allowed him to recover. And he didn't even know he had all this extra time. And so Thanksgiving, he went to take a couple of days off and they said, oh, you've got plenty of time. And he goes, no, I used it all up in April. And they said, you show you that you're a hard worker. We didn't, we didn't wow. take it away from you. Now, I don't expect companies to do that, okay? But when somebody is a hard worker, it is wonderful, like you have said, when it's recognized. Yeah. And I was just down there in December and he took me through the office and everyone wanted to tell me 
a beautiful story about him. And so, you know, he knows he's working for a very, very good company. And what a difference that makes because he's worked for a couple that have not been very good. So absolutely. And he remembers that. Absolutely. And then when he and then when he's at the bar on Friday nights talking to his buddies and they're like, oh, my God, my company sucks. I can't believe they did this. Your son's going to be like, dude, you should come and work for my company because they're amazing. <laughs> he's been doing that. <laughs> yeah. I think um, a lot of people end up, if they have a health issue, feeling afraid they can't recover. They can't do what they need to do for self-care because the company's going to let you go. Yeah. But sometimes they do. I will tell you when I had cancer which is how all of this podcasting and things started. And I would be posting um, the guy that I worked for, the orthodontist was my children's orthodontist. And I did his external marketing. And, you know, he kept me through the whole cancer treatment. He paid me even if I couldn't work. You know, if, wow. I, was, if I was too sick from the chemo, they would call me and say, oh, there's too many sick people in the office. Don't come in today. You can work from home. This is pre-COVID, big time. Pre right, right. But the point was, I've never forgotten that. I would always refer to him. And I always said, if I won the lotto, I would pay him back every penny that he extended to me during that time. That's how much it meant to me. Yeah, absolutely. So when you go into a company, do you assess their how they are handling their employees? Do you go in for a day and kind of sit back and watch and see what they're doing and then come up with ideas for them? Or are you just coming in to do a presentation? No, I, I do that. Um, we do a, a, we have assessments. There's employee uh, surveys that we can do. Um, I also like doing personality assessments. Like I'm mm -hmm. certified in DISC, for example. Mm -hmm. And DISC to me is a great for a communication tool. And so people who have never taken a personality test like DISC before, it's like the, it blows their mind because here they are just circling a couple of adjectives. And then all of a sudden this, this printer sheet gets, they have this report in front of them going, what do they know? I mean, but. Or you can they, see the other person. If they're a certain right. type of personality, you can say, okay, now the way I talk to them isn't working. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's, it's a, per, it's a communication device because now you can understand, oh, that's how I need. It's not what you say that's important. It's how the other person interprets Perceives what it. you say, is it, if it's going to make a difference or not. And that's in written communication as well. Mm -hmm. So we try to get everybody so that they're communicating more openly, creating that safe space for them to do so. So yeah, there's definitely some pre-work that goes into that so we can kind of get a feel for it. And even things like in my initial research of going on websites like Glassdoor, you know, what are what are current and past employees saying? How is the CEO rating? What are the pros and cons that they're giving? Um, when people are posting unfavorable reviews on Glassdoor is it, is the company coming back and responding to that or are oh, they just letting it go and not say and not admitting anything so these are some of the ways that you can tell is a company making an effort or are they not mm -hmm. yeah i would i would think if you're there i'm hoping that they want you to make a change for them but maybe they don't even right. see it 
So for people who have listened to this and we've kind of told our stories and talked a little bit, give them an idea of how to get in contact with you, first of all, and then kind of a little synopsis of how you want your business to be seen and what you can do for them. Sure. Um, My website is lisaryanspeaks.com. Sure, that'll end up in the show notes as well. It will. Um, and I'm also prolific on LinkedIn. So if you go to, if you do a search on Lisa Ryan, hopefully I'll be the first or second Lisa Ryan that pops up. As I like to say, I'm the uh, I'm the the uh, most uh, I'm the most popular Lisa Ryan on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't, in your searches, Lisa Ryan and Gratitude. But there's I post a lot of videos and interviews and content on there as well. So feel free to reach out. Um, my, I think my my parting thoughts would be of if you don't already have some type of regular gratitude practice to look into starting one for yourself because it literally rewires your brain. And frankly, I don't know what I would have done through the course of the pandemic had I not had this gratitude practice since 2009 when I started with that firewalk. Um, It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with it. And even looking at things of saying, okay, well, what is the good that's going to come out of this? Mm -hmm. A lot of bad things came out of the pandemic. I lost my dad as the result of COVID Mm -hmm. after a year of watching him die. Um, but a lot of good has come out of COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. being able to do full day programs and keynotes from the comfort of my own home, uh, yeah. the technology that's out there, the AI that has support and assistance that I have that's out there. Um, I believe the technology got a lot easier uh, because of things. So, But when we can take the time to look at something as life-changing as a worldwide pandemic, and find the good, that's what a gratitude practice can do. It doesn't matter what happens in your life when you can go back to that. And even in the the rawness of the emotion, you know, feel free to feel that anger, sadness, depression, whatever it is. But when the rawness of that starts to ease a little bit to ask yourself, what's one thing that I can be grateful for in this situation? And get yourself in the habit of doing that. And I promise, promise, promise it'll change your life. And that's why I wanted to talk about this in January. Because we're starting a new year. And people make all sorts of New Year's resolutions. Just even if it's for exercise. But I think what you said is way more important. Focus on yourself a little bit. Be grateful. When I wake up every day, I'm grateful. Having been a cancer survivor, not knowing each time I went in for chemo, was I going to die that day? Mm-hmm. I did exactly what you're talking about. And that's how I met Karen is I would put out things on social media saying, hey, I know this sucks, but here's the funny part about it or something like that to bring them to understand that you don't have to look at your day and think, oh, my God, this sucks. It does suck. But there are mm-hmm. so many good things. Right. I always went out for comedy every day. I'd have chemo and go out the next day for comedy because I needed it. Right. So I think thinking every day, even if you have to put up a sign for yourself, right, saying I'm grateful for try doing that for 30 days every day. Yep. 
So with a company, now that was personal. So with a company, what would you say going into the new year of how you would like to help them? Do an honest assessment of where your company culture is now and and be open to whatever that looks looks like. Because for some of for some people listening, it's going to be, you know what? We I, it feels good when I walk into my company. Um, if you mm-hmm. walk in and people are smiling and uh, laughing and they have good relationships, you're probably on the right path. If you as an owner or leader walk through your company and people are ducking out, they're not making eye contact, they're looking down when you walk by, okay, what? where are we starting and, and come up with some kind of engagement survey, you know, and, and not only to start finding out where your employees are, but then making sure that you are taking action and giving your managers the resources to help them do it. Because if you do, if you hire some consulting company to come in and they do this huge employee engagement survey and your employees don't hear anything back for 10 months or a year, you're gonna be like, that was a total waste of breath. Why did I even waste my time? They need to show, they your employees need to know that you're listening to them and that you're willing to act on that because they they need to trust that you're actually going to do something this time instead of just forcing another program on them. And understand that you're part of that program because usually yep. management doesn't think it's them. It's always somebody else uh-huh. right, that they're part of that process. Well, thank you. I'm sure everybody watching this will go look at your videos. I spent all morning doing things, listening to her videos today. So I'm hoping they'll go there and someone will get a great idea for the day and then turn it over to their company and maybe they'll be able to help each other. Sounds wonderful. That would be fantastic. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, everyone. So go to the show notes, get all the information, but do that after you completely listen to the podcast today. That's right. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great day.